This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast, the only podcast that gets you Bronx bombed on a weekday afternoon and on a Thanksgiving weekday afternoon. I am Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, joined today on the live stream by our buddy, comedian. You might know him from the Simply Safe commercial. You might know him from the Jaeger commercial, but you'll know him from his takes on New York Yankees baseball after today. Ken McGraw, thanks for joining us. Thanks for swinging by for the holiday show. Adam, Thomas, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk some November baseball, the Yankees in November, where they belong. Uh, super, super stoked. Thanks for having me. Of course. We can't wait to uh, dive into it all. Uh, not a ton of news broke between Thursday's show and today's show. The Phillies went and grabbed Aaron Nola. The Yankees took care of some roster trash and actually non-tendered and traded some people on Friday before that deadline. We'll talk about all that. We'll get to know Ken a little bit, of course, as well. But before we have any fun, any fun at all, fun is banned, uh, until Thomas Carinante can read off today's ad for Sleeper Fantasy. Thomas Carinante, take it away. Of course. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining on in. Um, Yanks Guard is here. They're partnering with Sleeper Daily Fantasy to give new users a first deposit match up to $100. Pretty good deal. Make sure you just use that code FANSIDED2, numeral 2. Got to make sure that's correct. When signing up to receive that deposit match, please always uh, please remember to always gamble responsibly. Very important. Scan the QR code on the screen to see if you qualify. It's right there in the top left corner. Um, man, we are here. We got some Italians to talk about after yesterday's football games. We got some Yankees baseball to talk about. Where are we starting? I think we should. Well, <laughs> why wouldn't I think we could talk Giants and Yankees at the same time now? Because we can. We're also uh, tortured Giants fans, both of us on the show, as well as you. Um, and we're watching this very bad football team rooting for them to lose, I guess. But that feels disgusting. And so we're also rooting for them to win. Uh, yesterday, Jersey's own Tommy DeVito uh, was actually good. Wasn't even like fake good. Was really good and beat yeah. the commanders. Giants win. Uh, so on the Italian New York athlete power rankings, where is Tommy DeVito in, in comparison to Anthony Rizzo, Dante DiVincenzo? Like we've got some good Italians in the city right now, and, and one of them was victorious yesterday. If I, it, so Tommy DeVito <clears throat> excuse me, fits in perfectly with the other New York uh, Italians, I will say, because he's kind of like representing a forgotten borough of New York, which is like the, the Jersey Italian. You know, it's like a New York sport. So it's like Mike, Mike Piazza, he's got Queens. Rizzo's got the Bronx. DeVito, he's got Jersey pretty locked down now. So I think he's going to – they got to erect some sort of statue in, in East Rutherford or something for him at some point. Just to, or give, him, give him some sort of Rocky statue. Yeah, it's less funny when he wins. Like this stuff like, oh, I live with my mom and I eat chicken parm. It's like that's what Italians do, I guess. Like, and it, it, apparently, <laughs> yeah, no. like, it apparently works. Yeah, no, I, I highly th- I I think there's a 100% chance uh, that Tommy DeVito is going to be the Grand Marshal for probably like the Columbus Day Parade next year or something like that. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to really try and like get this kid for every ounce of Italian that he is. Well, and it creates a war of the states too, because I mean, we know the Sopranos, New York, New Jersey. That was not; those are not friendly, friendly no. Italians by, by any means. So, if, if Piazza has Queens, Rizzo has the Bronx, like that's probably an alliance. And then you got Devito out in Jersey, I guess, eating chicken cutlets in his parents' basement. It's um, kind of funny. Yeah. No, no. Imagine if he just threw the fucking ball once against the Jets, we'd be having a, a whole different conversation over the last once, just once. I think we'd be having a lot of different conversations if just like one thing went different in I think every game leading up to this. Like <laughs> if like if we scored that last touchdown against the Bills, we'd have an extra win. If like, like there's so many different things that like that could have just happened, just like on the smallest scale, like a, truly a butterfly effect that would have just like maybe even without Danny given given us playoff hopes right now. Like we would have like the Josh Dobbs effect right now or something like that, where it's like Oh, this kid out of nowhere, the, like the Brock Purdy effect, where it's like, can this kid do something? Like they're a pretty good team, like, but just because like we kind of dropped all those like you know last second, you know, e- there's one thing get blown out. We've gotten blown out this year, but then there was also so many close games that we did lose that was like, it'd be a completely different conversation. Then there would be like, oh, they should tank, and it's like, no, like as fans, we don't want to tank. We want a good players, we want good teams, but you know, I think we all know here, you know, from years of contract talks and stuff like we're kind of like not say stuck with Danny because I'm I'm a Daniel Jones sympathist 
I am a sympathizer. I think the kid's never been get, I say kid because I'm 32 years old. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> all athletes are kids now. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, I, it, I didn't think about that. It's kind of like watching these people. It's like if, if we went back and watched a high school football game, it's like, like if you meet these guys in the street, you're like, oh, I'm a big fan. They're like, thanks, weirdo. <laughs> 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 like, um, but like Daniel Jones is signed for a four year contract. I'm sorry. If Danny comes back next year and then we have that opt, opt out, let him go one more year. Get players around him. Just keep building the team because the quarterback class could also suck. Like as always, know. as always, yeah. Well, the teams that root for the the teams where the fan base always roots for the team to lose end up picking high every year. But the brain trust is stupid. They put together a bad team in the first place. They pick wrong, and the team still sucks. So, like you, what you want is for Brian Dable to prove he's a good coach and is not like going through some sort of medical emergency that results in loss of brain power he was great yesterday yeah. it seems yeah. like the coach of the year from last year might be pretty smart you want the gm to prove he's got you know what it takes even though like evan neal bust pick like a mcfadden good pick like wandale robinson good pick like yeah. they're seeing some good picks here um and you just want representative sample sizes you don't want to get crushed every week and like trust me everybody and this go- this goes giants yankees knicks all of these new york teams because people want the yankees at 82 and 80 to just tear it down to the studs like not good enough let's go 60 wins next year and like it's really hard to dig out of that if you hate brian cashman then you're going to hate him even more when he's trying to build a world series champion out of a 58 win oakland a's roster like it's not that easy and you know it's it's a valid concern it's and it's also not like the giants pick isn't going to be really high they're not going to win eight in a row they're going to pick second or fifth like so, enjoy the win. Don't don't waste your energy rooting for them to lose. It's all gonna even out at some point. Well, the the Yankees fans think if the Yankees lose more, like there will be a reckoning. Like Brian Cashman gone, Hal Steinberg is selling the team, and it's like that's not fucking happening. So root for them to win because if you're gonna you're gonna watch them lose, and then you're gonna oversee the same regime try to rebuild a team from square one, which they have never kind of really done because they've never been in that position over the last what, 30 years? So now you want to undergo some experimental phase with who? A random raise executive. Uh, David Stearns, I guess, was the only one that kind of fit in the mold of, like, can definitely build a team up and has the makeup to be, like, a bigger market uh, executive, but it's not realistic anymore. So stop rooting for the Yankees. Stop rooting for your teams to lose. That's the moral of the story. Also, overall, I feel, I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. I feel you also if you – if you are a good team, good players will want to come play here. Like yeah. you're not going to get the Juan Sotos or the Otanis, which we're never going to get of the world being like, I want to go play in New York. If we suck, you, you think Sotos are like, Oh, you know where I can go live Kansas city. Like, no, like, like he wants to like, you, you, you want to win. We've been so close for so long and we just haven't, you know, we've been injury ridden and like, just like dumb bonehead moves, like front office and do lineup stuff. But also, it's like we're a, still a good team. Like even like in a bad year, we're still an above five hundred team, which is yeah. huge for a lot of like teams. So overall, it's like if you are good, good players will want you come. And then if you are good and you have a great farm system, you can trade for better players too. Like just get them out of you. Don't need them. Yeah, That's Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola did take the money this weekend, right? One hundred seventy-two million isn't nothing. He didn't take a low-ball offer from the Phillies to stay. But he was pretty explicit about saying Philadelphia is where I want to be. All they have to do is match it. And that's because it's become a really appealing destination for players. It's happened every Trey Turner turned down $80 million in San Diego, an organization that is run by someone who really cares. Peter Seidler last year was running that organization, someone who really cares, but was a dysfunctional clubhouse. He had family ties to the Philly area. He wanted to be, it's left us. I know you feel this way, like very envious of Philadelphia. We could be that again, but ultimately Aaron Nola going to the Phillies, just because the Yankees were interested in him, according to John Morosi, like five days ago, does not mean they were in this conversation. It's not like we're bemoaning a big lost opportunity here that we did not sign Aaron Nola, but all it did for me, Ken, I don't know if you feel the same way, is just make you more jealous of what Philly has, which is time. And again, people being like, it's a great place to play. I don't want to leave. I'm going to stay which like they, I thought that was the Yankees. That's what Bernie Williams almost was a Red Sox, but wasn't because he was like, I'm going to give George Steinbrenner one last chance to match because I don't want to go anywhere. Now that gold standard seems like it's Philadelphia. 
Tommy, do you have any? Like, I can say one second. No, go ahead, please. I'd I, love to hear. I, I actually love that he stayed in Philly because it actually forces the Yankees to have to make moves. Yeah. It's like we can't rely on this to kind of be like, well, we did it. Like, to fans, see, we did, we did it. Like, we're working on our bullpen. We're doing stuff. Like, like no, it's like now they're forced to really look at their team, <clears throat> excuse me, and evaluate what they need and who they need to go after really aggressively. Because if that seemed kind of like a kind of like an easy volley and we lost it. Now you got to do something big. Yeah. And interest Yankees interest never matters. We talk about this on every show, like, Oh, Yankees are interested in so-and-so it's a, it did it, it, that doesn't hold any weight. The Yankees just simply have to, especially for a free agent like Aaron Nola, or, you know, when the time comes a free agent like Juan Soto, the Yankees need to be the top bidders and they especially need to be the top bidders because they haven't met the standard with which they're used to playing to over the last probably, you know, better part of four years when you bake in the underperformance and the disappointment in the playoffs. So like reporters, insiders telling me they're interested in Aaron Nola. Sure. You know what that means? That means you have to offer Aaron Nola a $200 million contract because that was what his initial, you know, high end asking point was. And you know that if he's taking a discount anywhere, it's going to be to return to Philly, a place where he, started and played his whole career where he's been comfortable, where he has had a winning culture around him. So like, that's another part of the off season that I'm sick of as it pertains to the Yankees. Like I don't care who they're interested in. I just care about who they're offering the most money to who they are prioritizing in that sense where it's like, we're not being outbid here. This is our guy. Kind of like what they, you know, what they did with Garrett Cole in 2020. I know that was a little bit of a different um, scenario because what was his market? Three teams, um us and the for, angels yeah. yeah i exactly and like me the dodgers wanted to get him they wanted to do a bullshit deferred contract and like look the dodgers were in on nola too sniff sniff them out the braves went 162 million according to the reports the dodgers went 165 it's like that's not getting the job done you're the second richest franchise in the sport like you're either wildly outbidding the next bid um, to convince that person to come, or you're just not involved. They're not going to choose you. They're not, you know, the Yankees and Dodgers in, in some years I've seen, you know, they're trying to nickel and dime. They're trying to make sure that they're not paying for these regre- regression years. And it's, it's just a giant waste of time for everybody. And don't let Cashman talk to your manager. I think that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> don't let Cashman talk to yeah, let me Cashman in the background of the office being like, can you put me on, can you put me on the phone? Or like, no, I'll tell you what, if the Yankees want to sign anyone in the world, Take whatever money, like take 20 grand and just fly them out and give them Aaron Judge for the weekend. Take you around New York City, go to the Bronx yeah. Zoo, uh, go to Little Italy, get dinner, like put it on, put it on the company card. And then at the end, Cashman just shows up with the contract and you sign and that's it. Show them how great it is being here and how much fun you'd have and the camaraderie. <laughs> like, that's what that. they did with that's what they did with Cole and it worked. Like I know. everything we hear. So Garrett Cole, like they flew out there, David Cohn, Andy Pettit, you know, his idol was part of it. They gave him a bottle of wine that he liked. They researched it. How are we that's where we were in 2019. Now four years later, in like intricate strategy, well researched. And now this year it's like Brian Cashman accidentally tells power agent that his client sucks. Like four <laughs> years later, that's everything is so polished to just like a Trump tweet ruining a relationship. Like that's where we are. I, I, like, look, we're going to be, you might want Aaron Nolan now. And, and certainly if you put Aaron Nolan on the roster, I don't think a lot of people would complain, but I do think if it's going to, if it's, Hey, overpay for Nola you know, go to 200 million while the Phillies go to 170 or try to call their bluff or be the high bidder by a mile for Yamamoto, which is what you're going to have to do to get him. Like I would much rather go 250 mil over nine years for a 25 year old than top 200 million and beat the Phillies out for Aranola, which is the city he wanted to live in and pitch in anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Yamamoto is still my guy. Like, How does that affect the market? I guess we could talk about that real quick before we uh, have Ken give us the, the Yankee spiel. But I, let's dive in right here. How does this deal, when he first, I guess, reportedly was looking for seven years in 210 or whatever it was, like yeah. I was sitting there being like, wow, that's probably, that's probably 260, 275 for Yamamoto. Now he signs for 170. It's a little bit more manageable. But I think like at this point, if – there's a desire for some of these players to 
I guess, have the longer term security. Like I think the Braves and the Dodgers offered him six years and uh, he wanted to stay, I guess, in Philly longer. And then it helped Philly out to uh, lessen the AAV hit over the years. Like, yeah, you're like, is is nine for 250 the answer for someone like Yamamoto? It's it's seeing like if some Nola's good. I I have no issues with Nola. He's just he's not an ace. Um, He's more of a crafty pitcher than a power pitcher, which I think uh, it 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 affects your your value in the free agent market. Um, So now, if I guess it also depends what Blake Snell is going to get. Does he get more than Aaron Nola because he just captured his second Cy Young and he's a lefty and he um, I think he's a year younger. Um, so I, I think maybe Yamamoto's waiting for Snell to sign and then they're really going to figure it out because I think if, if Noah's getting 172 or whatever it is, Snell's probably getting 200, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, well, I feel like it depends how much where he's going to sign and what they have already on their payroll, but like before anything, like, you know, if <clears throat> Snell goes somewhere with, you know, big market talent. It's going to be hard, you know, maybe a little easier, but if not, maybe a little harder to get to that 200 just because there's so much money wrapped up without hitting that luxury tax. So I don't know. It's like, do you want to, do you want to bust the luxury tax on Blake Snell or do you want to do uh, some other big moves is the big thing? And, yeah. you know, are you willing to? Yeah. It, like Red Sox every year, we're like, oh, I can't believe the Red Sox are getting that guy. If the Red Sox don't get like a Blake Snell or like a real ace this year, they're yeah. actually in trouble. Like yeah. they, it's no, it's not like a luxury. Like, oh, they did it again. Now, if they don't pay through the nose for one of these guys, you enter next season being like, that's a disaster in Boston. So they're gonna have to pay for one of these dudes. I'm sure they'll push Snell's money up. I'm sure they'll probably bid on Yamamoto. I, I personally still think the Yankees should just go wild on Yamamoto. If his agent was sort of indicating that, hey, money talks, whatever, then great. Let's let money talk in that instance. Um, I, there's a great Twitter moment over the weekend too, where um, the site just should not exist. We had a tweet from May. Twitter? Yeah, no, no more Twitter. We, we had a tweet. We had a tweet from May where uh, we were talking about Snell was was struggling in San Diego, and when the Padres came to New York, he put a picture of him and Aaron Judge on his Instagram story, and then Judge posted it was like, "Good to see you, brother," or whatever. And we tweeted like interesting buy low candidate for the Yankees. And somebody quote tweeted it like buy low with the like clown crying. And it's like this tweet was from May. Yeah, it was that. <laughs> it was, this, it was, was like five. Today. People are dumb. <laughs> People are dumb. And this is why we get reviews on the podcast that are like the host was pretentious. It's like, yeah, sorry. The host was pretentious. <laughs> You're really dumb. Um, look, Snell has a lot of talent. He deserves what he gets. I'd rather have Yamamoto. (laughs) I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. I think if you ask fans what they prefer, I think the excitement around Yamamoto is so, so there. And for the Yankees, you know, Yamamoto could say money talks and his, you know, Magic could say money talks, but Yankees, think of those jersey sales. Think of like the return you get on this kid for that big signing. And then also he's an absolutely insane pitcher. Like you, you want someone like that in New York city. You want someone like that here. Yeah. My biggest thing is the amount of free agency avoided where it was like, you could get a guy in his mid twenties and pay and, and, and lessen the amount of regression years that you're paying for, you know, like Machado, Bryce Harper. Um, uh, and who else was in the mix? Like right before, there was one other that was like where they hit free agency relatively early. Oh, Seager. Seager was Seager. the other one yeah. where it was like, you're hitting free agent at 20 uh, free agency at 26, 27. That's so rare nowadays because you have to be a super two player. You got to fucking get through, um, you know, all the, all those years of service time and certain thrive throughout, you know, it, it it's a crapshoot. You're, you could be stuck with a bad team and you still have to, you still have to make sure that you're pulling your weight there. They had three opportunities to do that. And it's like, we know you're cost conscious with spending and that they let present spending affect future spending. It's like, why would you not, why is this not where you give the 10 to 12, 12 year deal? You you are paying for eight years of prime. And then you're, you know, you're, you're throwing away three to five, like whatever, all these other teams are paying, you know, the Trey Turner and Bogart deals. Those are 11 year contracts. Those guys probably have like five really good years left of baseball. And then the half of the entire contract is going to look bad. So that's another reason I'm a big Yamamoto proponent because, yeah, he's been a pro since he was 18. I guess you want to talk about the miles on his arm or 
I guess the high leverage innings on his arm, but 25 years old, like you're getting, you're getting seven or eight good years out of this contract for the most part. And then you don't have to worry about, you know, the back end of whatever. Um, and then you'll have him alongside Garrett Cole for the next, what, I guess six years, if they tack on that extra year, if, if he opts out. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's why too, it's like, how many of these candidates are you going to miss on? And then you're going to pay someone like John Carlos Stanton, who's clearly has a very small window of his prime left and you're inheriting a $300 million contract. It's like the, the finances are so out of whack for them. I feel it's a lot like real estate. You know, if you yeah. buy it now and then, you know, a year from now they put, uh, you know, a Benny Hanna in the neighborhood. Yeah. Properties going up. That's you know the number I mean? one property value. value I, also, yeah. I, I was just like also saying like Benny Han in the sense that I love Benny Han and I think so my, I. my my neighborhood got one when I was growing up and then I was like whoa they're putting a a condo development over here now like everyone wants to live here. Ten year old um, Ken was like hey can we get a can we get another condo let's go um, and that's the thing I think overall it's like. You got to also look at the, I mean, overall, like the return, like, like, like we were all saying, like you're, you can put him with Garrett Cole for six years possibly. And it's yeah. like, that's, I can tell you right now, that's not going to win us world series, but that will help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I think you need to look at it because Yankees pitching has not been great for a while. Ever. Um, yeah. So, and I, you know, I don't know. We, you know, we still need a, a closer too. We need like, there's so many things that that pitching rotation and staff needs, but this really helps. Yeah. We thought like a year now, we don't know what Rodon is, but what we saw we're bummed by, like we thought maybe we wouldn't have to spend on pitching because he'd be an 18 game winner with a mid two ZRA and 200 Ks. And he wasn't. So it's a shame to have to go back to the drawing board a little bit, but they do have to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Um, Let's uh, we'll put a pin in the off season because yeah. we uh, hopefully we get some movement by next show. We're able to talk about analyze some deals. Um, obviously, there are a ton of needs on this team. Uh, let's get to just uh, let's get to chill a little bit. Let's talk to uh, let's talk to Ken uh, about how you got here, like how your fandom, where your fandom comes from, your best and worst, <laughs> somewhere in between experiences at the stadium and with watching this team. We got to do some Thanksgiving stuff, I think, by end of show too, but. Just to give everybody a background, like, how did your fandom start? Obviously, you and I, similar ages, we grew up in better times. So it is sort of like, how did it start? Well, it used to be fun to be a Yankee fan, and now it sucks. But yeah. <laughs> more specifically, how did your fandom really grow? I come from a family of Yankee fans, so it's kind of like the easiest, most best way. Like, my grandfather, when he retired, sat in front of the TV, watched every game, and was damn proud of it. He was like, I watched – 180 games this year like like shit like that where he was like a fan and like my my earliest memory was me my grandfather my uncle and my cousin we were both really young going to the old stadium having third uh third third baseline seats um and it was just like I, i'll never forget like i felt like i was walking into like a kingdom like it was legit it felt like and that was like you know the old stadium but i used to watch it on tv and then it's like now you're there and it's just straight up like it was a dream, you know. I was like, "Well, oh wow, the the uh, the batter's eye of just the big black seats in the in the center field—they really do like they're huge." And why do we have them? I don't know. Uh, I'm a kid, <laughs> um, but I think just like that's where my fandom fandom stems from is like my grandfather and I played baseball for like you know little league for like 13, 14 years, and very much just like fell in love with the game itself and to like grow up and before being an actor, you know, like I, you know, used to get books on Derek Jeter and like, I wanted to be a Yankee before, you know, I wanted to be an actor. Um, and I think, from, I think time's running out on both. Uh, <laughs> you also, uh, you, you, you're from uh, Yankees legend, you know, little league baseball. You're from Yankees legend, Todd Frazier's stomping ground. That's it. So. That, the Todd, I, I played for Tom's river East little league, which is now, uh, the field house is called the Frazier Brothers Field House or something like that. Because, yeah, like he is from my hometown. My my good, very good friend's brother played on the World Series team with him. Uh, so, like, you know, like growing up hearing these stories of like, oh, that's Todd Frazier, you know, going into this. This is literally and we have like a like a a whole system with like indoor batting cages, indoor like where you can like work out and play. It's not just like fields and dugouts and like going and seeing like 
the banner and seeing the Wheaties boxes. And it's like, I was like, can I play here? Is this okay? Like, I'm, I'm okay. But like, you think I can, you, I, I can play here and be like a little league world series champion. I couldn't, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was like super cool. Kind of like growing up in like baseball town, USA, I would say like, and this first thing, you know, being from Tom's river, people like Tom's river, like, Oh, little league. And it's like, yeah, that or like our water caught like caused cancer at one point. And like they did like uh, James Gandolfini was in a movie about it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so like those are like the two things I know from my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How about, um, you know, you mentioned the old Yankee Stadium, obviously, and that how elicits a lot of good memories for you. And, you know, you're mentioning the Todd Frazier thing where I think, like, some of Yankees, like, exceptionalism of yesteryear has kind of gone away and that's happened with the new stadium. I don't think people admire the new stadium as much as they do the old stadium yeah, and like, wondering about that. Yeah. Like present day ish players ever since that stadium, it's like, who's kind of a Yankees legend. Like, but also just the idea of like you going to the old stadium and being like, Whoa, what are the black seats versus people now being like, Whoa, what's the Toyota party yeah. for? What's the like, Budweiser what? deck. You want to go up there and get <laughs> wasted, dude? Yeah. Why is there a big painting of their old dead owner? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are we ever getting rid of that? I don't know. Like, like with that? Yeah. I mean, like maybe 10 years, it would have been like good. Then like now we're going to put, I don't know, like a, a ad for Target up here now. It would be fun, like a big Target. Like John Carlos Stanton trying to hit dingers and hit the Target. That'd be fun. <laughs> like, yeah, give us like something like cool, like, you know, like what's say the stadium has like a, an aquarium in the outfield. We have like legit like um like a memorial we have monument park and like it's sad we have a sad outfield yeah let's <laughs> fix that let's fix yeah that, that sucks that really yeah. blows we should like, have a zoo out there even like the brooklyn cyclones have like you know like the boardwalk in the back and stuff like cool stuff like we, we need to update like i think you know what let's not sign anybody let's put all the money that we would into like center field like stuff to do yeah, let's get the marlin statue let's see if jeter will help us import that to yankee stadium that'd be great yeah. <laughs> that'd be great that is the one thing we don't talk about enough that i can barely even believe though like i can't imagine as a kid if somebody was like yankee stadium isn't good or it's overrated or isn't nice I would feel the same way you do where I'd be like, I'm awestruck by the stadium every time I walk in. I don't care that the staircase is dirty. Like, I don't care that it's kind of hard to get out. The ramp is cramped. I, I would just, I would be like, you're wrong. It's not. It's like the pinnacle. And now if somebody was like, Yankee Stadium sucks, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, yeah sure. There's a cement moat. Like, it, it's okay. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, I don't know. It It, it feels like. It's like when they built – so when we're talking about the difference between the old team and the new stadium and we're saying – Tommy, you were saying like who are the Yankees legends now and like there's there's really like no we, – we have one World Series win there. Great. Cool. Like so we have more World Series wins in this stadium than teams have in their whole yeah. existence, you know, which is yeah. cool to say. With that being said, there's not a lot of really good memories. You know, like Jeter's final season, they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> like, no. yeah. like it's they like used to. They used to make the playoffs. And that's the like thing. That. And like, if this happened at the old Yankee Stadium, where you know Lou Gehrig gave that famous speech, and like all this stuff, it's like then it's like a little different. Like, no matter what happens, like you're like, oh, but it's the history that's here, and that's just gone. And you know, look, I, I'm a big fan of you know Disney and stuff. You know, Walt Disney said, you know, like it'll never be finished. Like it'll always be changing. That's cool for one thing, but like we got to start you know, changing. <laughs> if not the team, then like stuff that like brings the fans back. Like that Aaron judge burger was good, but like, I'm not going to go to the Bronx 
four times a week to possibly just go eat that and run <laughs> against a bunch of you fucking know, 99 water. of them. You're standing in a line for three hours, dude. And then it's like all these people on TikTok because I, I go – I like – I I go to City Field every year probably as the same amount of times as I go to Yankee Stadium and because uh, I love the food there. And then these fucking people on TikTok ruin it for everybody because they're like, oh, City Field, go to the ice cream cone stand. They got crazy ice cream Sundays, And then I'm like, cool, yeah, let me go there. And then I go and the fucking line's wrapped around. It's down the stairs. And I'm like, this is not fun. This is not enjoyable. If the, um, Yan- it's if the marketing Yankees, gone wrong. If the Yankees just also just decided, I'm just going to say, I'm going to go crazy. Just buy property and make it like in, like in Boston, like Yankeeville. That yeah. would be like, a, it'd be a fan destination. People fighting hand over foot for good reasons, uh, to like get there and like, go check out some sick food spots, go check out like good merch. And like, I, like, you know, I'm a big supporter of like the small businesses around there, but like work with them and like, let's like shut, let's like shut down like a portion of this area, make a small park, like a small, like little field where it's like, you can do like events and stuff like that. Like, like there should be events during the day. There should be stuff that are driving people to the stadium. Like, you get off the subway. McDonald's. I'm sick of seeing that McDonald's over there. I was gonna say, like, I'm a proponent of the small businesses. I don't need that McDonald's. I don't need that Taco Bell. Like, no. I need I need exactly what you're talking about. You look at other cities that have a ballpark village in St. Louis, Kansas City, Atlanta. Every time an Atlanta playoff game, they cut to like the battery. And I don't want Yankee Stadium to be in White Plains, but you can do that around Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. You really can't. Keep coming to it. Yeah. yeah. Like we have that entire field that the old Yankee Stadium used to be on that you could just look. I know. Look, I'm not a city planner. If I was, I, I'd be on top of this. But you really did put a Benny Hanna in there. Yeah, call your representatives and let them tell them to shut down River Drive. And but like, look, if we can redirect traffic, I don't know how they would around the stadium some other way and just close that main road. First off, dangerous. Sorry, I'll say it. And second. Like you have so many things we could do. Imagine getting off the subway and walking through a village to get to the stadium and being like, damn. And then it being like, you know, those nights where we stormed the streets after, you know, we beat the Astros <laughs> one game out of four. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We um, want Houston. Like we yeah. got to stop chanting that at some point, please, please guys. Uh, I think that would just like, it, it would reinvigorate the love of not to say the game. Cause everyone loves the game. If you're not a fan of the game, you're not going to be a fan of the team. It'll just be like a, a reinvigoration of like the New York Yankees. It's like, look, I fell in love with this team because of my grandpa and him telling me stories of like all the players coming out and getting to meet like Reggie Jackson and like all these guys, like, like stuff like that. Like, like, you know, like when they would walk to like their cars and like, now it's like, not to say players and stuff, like they're so untouchable for a good reason. They're worth millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. But like, you know, like this is not our, grandparents or parents or uncles and aunts teams anymore this is our team and we need to kind of like make an establishment for the next generation of yankee fans where it's like this is cool because we fought for you to do this yeah i mean not to get back to like but philly like the phillies won a playoff game they went across the street to the ballpark village bars and like partied with the fans yeah imagine Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo partying like you would not be able to find them right now you can't get into the 4040 club no. Um, but theoretically, if there were a bar park village across the street, they could at least pop in and wave like the queen and then go to wherever they want to go after the game. It would be nice. Even like Dallas has like, you know, like the club in the stadium, like that the players come out through like, you know, different sport and stuff. But like, this is like visionary stuff that the Yankees could have done and they didn't. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I love this team so much. I want. I just want to go to the stadium like with my girlfriend and be like, you want to go hang out tonight? And it's like, not even go see the game. Well, not even go in the stadium. Just you want to go watch the game somewhere around the stadium and just like yeah. be amongst the fans. Cause like, it's truly like very New York where it's like, when you walk out of that building, you're just on the street. Yeah. It's like, that's and it's it. Like, yeah. We'll go to Billy's. They turn Billy's into a nightclub. Cool. Fine. Whatever. But it's like, there's two spot in stands. Or the bodega. <laughs> well, the fact that you can't get in. Yeah, you can't get yeah. into stands. Like, oh, I want to go to stands. Uh, like, I will ask friends, like, hey, you want to go to the game an hour early to go to stands? And then you go and you can't hear each other. You can't get in. You're in the road. Like, oh, cool. I'm glad that we all drag each other out of work now to go there. Give me I, a big I, enough bar where we will have a chance to see Aaron Judge with his shirt off when he gets Yeah. There. Like, That's when right. we win the World Series next year, like, there should be, like, we're all partying. Take a shirtless judge after the DS. Come out on, like, uh, 
like a like a pedestal where it's like they get the party up top and the party with us yeah. kind of like where they can sing uh you know like new york new york with everyone going nuts yeah. like you know like yeah do it i don't want to feel like jack black and saving silverman where he's trying to party with neil diamond and security <laughs> takes him away like i don't want to be that i want it to be i want it to be fun and inclusive and like there's no barrier like strict barrier between like you know the I don't, I don't even know. It's just like we, we, it's everything feels so distant. Um, and I think it comes down to, you know, we talked with Java Chamberlain on this podcast a couple of, uh, what was it? it might be months ago at this point. I think, it was, yeah, I think it's like one month. Yeah. Yeah. One month. But like, yeah, he's saying like, you know, the communication between the front office and the dugout distant feels like, you know, community, you know, the, the players messaging to the fans also feels different. Like it's not as, um, I don't know, quality or heartfelt or just like understanding as it once was. Um, the game's changed, obviously, but I think it's also on the Yankees to make this more of a inclusive like community as opposed to just like treating the fans as an entity and treating the experience as like, yep, you're coming to Yankee Stadium, you'll enjoy it, and then you're right back on the street with all the trash right when the game ends. Also, like if the team is also like that uh, that distance between the front offset, like but the week before spring training, like send everyone to like summer camp. Yeah. Games. We're doing drunk bowling this week. Yeah, like get drunk together, hang out, like have fun, like right before you start spring training, and then like I don't know, you'll find like a camaraderie, a brotherhood where you're, you're like, I will go to war for this person, which you know they do anyway. But like, you or know, you'll yeah. like know who to cut. You'll be like, that guy fucking acted like an asshole at bowling the other night. He's out. Cash. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to hang out with this person. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah that guy stared at off Cashman. Signed to an extension. That guy stared <laughs> at the post strike animations on the bowling screen like we don't need it <laughs> he actually watched them he tapped me on the shoulder i was like this one's good like, this one's good really <laughs> we're not gonna send him down we're gonna send him to the friggin' moon <laughs> yeah send him right to jail you you uh i know you had a night at billy's right i did i got I'm thrown not... out of billy's one night <laughs> got thrown out of billy's I got, I got thrown out of billy's what'd you do uh, so the i'll bid you a picture um so I, I went to a Yankee game with my girlfriend and some friends, uh, and I was like, you know what? I think I was trying to figure out, like, whose shirt should I wear? Should I wear my Judge jersey, Mickey Mantle? You know, I think I'm just going to paint a target on my chest, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll try and, like, see if, like, Aaron Judge can cave my chest in with, a, with like, a, like, a home run ball because I was in the bleachers. And then I became, like, bullseye guy, they were calling me. And, like, dudes were hammered, just, like, smacking me on the back and on the chest. And, like, it hurt, but I was also, like, pretty tipsy myself. And I'm like, yeah! And, like, ninth inning, Aaron Judge threw me a ball, a warm-up ball, and it soared over. And the guy next to me caught it. Good for him. It was his birthday. I'm very happy for that man still. And then that night, we were like, you know what? Yankees won. Let's go to Billy's. So I went in, bullseye and all. Everyone was laughing, having a good time. And then – People were coming up and be like, you're bullseye guy. I'm like, yeah. I'm like taking photos. It was crazy and dumb. <laughs> and then I was like dancing because it's a nightclub in Billy's. Yeah, um, it really, it really is. And I, I don't know why, but like my, girl, my girlfriend was on the couch and she like jumped up to like, and I caught her. And immediately, the second I caught her, I kind of like spun around like, woo, haha, we're dancing, having fun. Security guard gra- grabbed me and was like, you're out of here. Like I was like, I was like, what are you, not fire, relax. Like <laughs> – and I was like, why? And he's like, you can't lift anybody up. I'm like, this is my girlfriend. Like, stop. I'm like, we're fine. I'm like, I put it down. I'm like, no, get. And they legit, like, <laughs> pulled me out of there. And, like, now it's like I'm going past a bunch of, like, people getting in with fake IDs. And, like, they're like, whoa. And I'm like, get off me. Get off me. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, and that was, uh, that was why I got kicked out of Billy's. And I'm very proud to say that. And now we know why, uh, you know, you're maybe a fan of the ballpark village instead of a fan of the. Yeah. 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 Give me more places to go. If I get kicked out of Billy's, let me go to like lose or something. Like I'm like, I'm going to lose. And everyone follows me and I yeah. take their business. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? um, well, Thanksgiving is upon us. I think before we say, um, oh, you know what? Let's say goodbye to the guys that we lost on Friday. And sure. then we'll say uh, things that we're thankful for. Because honestly, one of the things I'm thankful for right now is that we actually did see some guys get non-tendered and traded on Friday. Uh, Jake Bowers, who, look, common Yankee fan refrain just to be like, this guy sucks. Oh, that guy sucks. Um, Jake Bowers probably didn't, you know, belong on a, on a winning Yankees roster next year. I'm not really sad to see Jake Bowers go, but the fact that they didn't keep him for depth and instead traded him for two potentially helpful outfield pieces down the line is kind of feels like an important moment in Brian Cashman's offseason roster building, whether it is or not, 
has yet to be determined. But there was a time last year, look, you want the team to get more left-handed? Bowers was a lefty. There was a time when Bowers had an 800 OPS. There was a time when Bowers was carrying the offense in the Dodgers series before Aaron Judge went down, before the season fell apart. They could have easily snuck Jake Bowers in to next season, kept him on the roster, kept him on the bench, last man on the bench. They decided to flip him for assets. Now, they tender a contract to Kyle Higashioka. He's still getting traded at some point, but he survives Friday. Uh, they get rid of Lou Trevino. That one's easy. He wasn't going to pitch this year. If he was, it was going to be like a month. So why pay him? That makes sense. Uh, they get rid of Anthony Masevich, who when we're going over who might or might not get cut, he doesn't even make the list because we f- forgot they even What would he would have cost? Like $200,000 too? It was like- They what? literally were just like, we could not care. You know, we're so yeah. disinterested in having you that we don't even care what the cost is. Yeah. We're not tendering you a contract. But then the third one's important to me too, Albert Abreu, who everyone on this podcast has been like, can't believe they haven't found a better option than Albert Abreu. Anybody could do what Albert Abreu does. 99 miles, center cut, like- I wrote today, Albert Abreu might be the best pitcher in 1971 in Major League Baseball. But right now, everybody throws that hard. Most people throw harder. Everybody has better command. There's just absolutely no reason to maintain Albert Abreu on your roster. And he only saved him, what, 900000 Thomas. But the yeah. fact that they decided to just say, all right, that's it. After a year of not DFAing him, after a year, you know, they, got, they let him go and got him back. They've been obsessed with him forever. And he's just gone now. So that's four roster spots opened up. Uh, that you don't have to worry about if you sign an important, if you sign a Yamamoto, if you trade for a Juan Soto and a Jake Cronenworth, you're probably going to include some 40-man guys in that trade anyway. But that's four roster spots now that have just been freed up for them to do business. So now prove to me that you're going to do real business, sure, but that's an encouraging start, and the Bowers and Abreu move at least took me somewhat by surprise. Yeah, Ken, what do you think? Because I'll... uh... I don't, I don't want to take all the energy out of the conversation with no. what I'm going to say. <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I, I want you to because I, I actually kind of agree with Adam. I think it was smart uh, on our part to do all that because, you know, overall we have to make roster spots no matter what, and then you have to cut even more within the season. So yeah. I don't know. It's It seems like these were the moves that we knew were coming. And now that they're kind of done, now we could just kind of like move on. We can just go towards what the possibility is for – signing someone like a Juan Soto and stuff like that. So I think overall it's just a, it's, it had to be done. It sucks. You know, like, uh, you know, will IKF be there next year? I don't know. Probably not. I don't know, but maybe, but it's someone who I feel like has contributed no matter what, all these people contributed to a Yankee team at some point and they will be doing uh, baseball card signings uh, at the end of their career as a Yankee with the first on their resume, because you could say that. And I think uh, that's a good thing. I think we'll miss him no matter what. All right, I'll save my IKF cards then. I was going to trash them all. Um, yeah, look, these moves ha- these moves had to happen, right? I, I don't want to give the organization too much credit for doing shit that they should have done because we've been we we become accustomed to them building a bench of players who aren't very good at baseball or for making these like look, yeah, what Cashman did getting something for Bowers is great, but this is that that's like. This feels like Cashman's ceiling. His ceiling is dealing nothing for like something that might be promising five years down the road. And like, yeah, you free up some money here. You get rid of some roster spots there. But, you know, any other cutthroat team just would have said goodbye to every, you know, everybody. Plus, like, I think some of the guys that we had projected to be on there, we thought Higashioka was going to get non-tendered. I don't disagree with holding on to him to potentially get rid of him uh, and get some trade value in return. I'm a big proponent of just letting Jonathan Lewisaga go. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of um, projectability with him, and and so so little certainty. So, look, these are I I, I do have to say I am glad that these moves happened, and I'm glad that they are seemingly preparing for something larger. But I don't want to lose the like the grander picture here. It's like this is what the norm should be. This is the Yankees. Like they don't need to hold on to players to. Uh, see trades through or to see projectability through or to, you know, spend an extra year on somebody who still has yet to fulfill their potential. Like they have the luxury of getting rid of guys sooner rather than later and cutting bait and moving on. And whether that moving on is non-tendering them, trading them, spending more money, whatever it is like, that's, that's what the whole appeal is here. You can write your mistakes very quickly or at least a lot more quickly than other teams have the ability to. So 
yes, I'm glad with these moves. No, nothing is going to impress me until either A, these moves are rectified with better players, or if we figure out a way to clear more roster spots with trades or whatever it, whatever it's going to be as the offseason progresses. So um, I, I'll, I'll say it, it, you give me, I give them a B plus for the start. That's what they get from me. I give him a, I give him a B plus for the start too. We don't disagree on that, but I'm just, I, I was so prepared because we had to wait past the APM deadline to even learn what we were going to get. So I was so prepared to give them a D minus. Yeah. It was just going to be Jake Bowers. Well, they fucking waited an extra hour to do it. They didn't release it until nine o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Of course we're running it back with a Brady. Why wouldn't we be like, I was yeah. prepared to get on here and be angry, but instead I'm getting on here and being like, we freed up four roster spots. I don't think we'll ever hear from the people they got for Jake Bowers again, but I don't think that really matters. I still think it's cool that we have four holes on the roster. Uh, now, Ken, I know we got to get you out of here. So let's do uh, some Thanksgiving, uh, some summary statements, things we're actually thankful for as Yankee fans, as New York sports fans. Um, I mean, I'm potentially thankful for the fact that we did see some movement on the roster on Friday. I'm thankful for the fact that Brian Cashman didn't ruin the relationship with Yamamoto's agent. He only scarred it and scorched it. I'm grateful that Brian Cashman uh, slept on the street again last weekend. <laughs> like we were talking about, gave us some more uh, memes and images. But I don't know where where are you right now? Because I'm actually in a relatively peaceful place. I'm not very thankful for uh, the Yankees' last four year decline. I'm thankful for what the Rangers are giving me. I'm thankful for what I'm seeing from the New York Knicks, who are in like it, there's some stat like about net rating or whatnot, where the only three teams with a certain threshold are the Nuggets, Celtics, and Knicks. So I'm like ready to enjoy a Knicks season but is there anything like you know when you sit down at the table Thanksgiving dinner is there anything Yankees related that you're thankful for or not so much I'm thankful that at least through the eyes of social media Garrett Cole really seems to love it here uh I think you know like he was just like the Bronx Zoo with his family and this that's weird that I just kind of riled that off um yeah the thing you're most thankful for is Garrett Cole's personal Instagram yeah I'm very thankful that I can look into his life and go that's a good family um (laughs) No, I'm I'm thankful because I we we gave him so much money, uh, and like it's like you know it's one of those things where it's like it seems like he truly isn't just doing it for the money. He truly does love being here. Uh, you know, he loves New York. He loves you know uh, his you know the, what New York is giving him and how like we treat him and stuff like that. You know, he gives up the long ball once a game. It doesn't matter. We still love him. But but I think that's what I'm thankful for because there's nothing worse than like going. I, we've all done it that we've worked at a job that we hated. <laughs> we've all done it we've, where we work at a place where you're like, God, this is just a job. I'm going home. I'm going to Netflix. I'm not going to do anything. I hate this place. And that's it. And it's like, no, it seems like he truly is like, you know, he works at the stadium and then he truly gets to live in New York and like raise his, fan, raise his kids here. And like, I don't know. I very much think that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful to see when people want to be here. And because I think that re- that reflects on the field and shows that they really do care about the team, which it means so much to us as the fans. So, you know, that's how I feel, you know, I, yeah. and I don't want to keep, I don't want to ramble on, but like, you know, I, I understand Aaron judge is from California and you know, when we were almost not going to get him back, we were all very nervous and scared. Cause it's like, Oh, he's going to go where he wants to be. And it seems like Aaron judge really wants to be here. So that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that I get to rep a team that people are like, they love it here. This is their home. And those two guys are going to play a big part in the next generation and the way that we figure things out. Because uh, Cole's going to opt out, but you're right. It does feel like it's going to be a negotiated opt out. He's only opting out to get more security. Right. He and Judge are going to be integral in the way that they build this operation this year. Um, Thomas, anything. This is like the toughest. This is like asking a live angry bear. Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> Do you have any calm, rational thoughts? But like, is there anything you're thankful for heading into an offseason where technically we are still empty-handed? Like, we don't have anything to report. Yeah. We don't have any rumblings to report. All the interest is just every agent wants the Yankees interested in their clients. So John Morosi's saying all the Yankees are interested in Aaron Nola or, or any other leaks. It's just like, yeah, no kidding. Like everybody wants the Yankees in the bidding till the end. So we we have nothing tangible other than the non-tenders and trades from Friday. But is there anything that you're thankful for at all? Um, I do still appreciate that. Um, I guess there is a lore with the Yankees. That was the whole thing with like Yamamoto's interest, which is not surprising, but 
after the last few years, I'm glad it still exists in some capacity. Um, more so, I'm thankful for Brian Cashman's rant this offseason. Number one, it was the most ridiculous thing we've ever seen. Um, number two, it does it, – it, it's – it's a massive winner. It's it's a massive win in either way, right? He the the baseball community has seen him act like this, and they kind of, uh, I think Yankees fans' feelings around him, the front office and ownership have been validated because that behavior was kind of egregious. And then you have Hal Steinbrenner back him, and then it's like, whoa! Like everybody, everybody kind of sat here and said that that was like crazy, and you're thinking that's okay. So it's either. Cashman's going to be able to vindicate himself by having a really good offseason and, you know, being able to flip the bird to everybody who he was angry with, with the criticisms and whatnot, or things will continue to torpedo and it will mark the end of his reign in the front office. And we'll have to, we'll have to start anew with somebody else. I don't know when that'll be or if that'll happen, but it seems like that rant at the GM meetings was a tipping point. Um, and it could benefit us in, in, in either of the extremes. So I'll, uh, I'll tip my cap to Cashman on that. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, smash cut to nothing happening, but at least we did have fun with it. You're not wrong. Uh, it was a joyful start to an offseason that could be extremely long, and regardless, we'll have a lot of turnover. And so we thank Ken McGraw, our special guest, for joining us today, for giving us a little bit of levity uh, to start an offseason that's still going to maybe get funkier before it gets better. Um, hopefully everybody who comes and joins the Yankees loves New York as much as Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole currently do, um, and as much as you and I and Thomas do. Uh, can we? We still love this stupid team, even if they just keep uh, throwing us out of Billy's. Hey, I'll I'll be there. I'll be there no matter what. And the bleachers staying far away from the bleacher creatures. So very <laughs> stoked. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Thomas. Of course, uh, thanks for joining me every week. Uh, thanks everyone in the comment section for showing up to the show. Uh, for I got made fun of today. Yeah, we got laughed at. Thomas got made fun of for being, what the hell, a, guys? being a Mets fan. I don't, you can't go to like, Mets games? Yeah, I don't know. You can go to Mets games. I go to Phillies games. It's no secret. It doesn't take a lot of – you don't have to be the FBI to figure out that uh, a lot of us like to go to other ballparks because uh, baseball is great. But we are yeah. – uh, They're like, this, this other guy's going to Little League stadiums. I'm yeah. like, all right, relax. <laughs> like, you know, Tom's River with the fucking Todd Frazier around here. All right, well, we're good. We're good. We're good. No, no drama. Um, well, we'll see everybody back here next Monday. We're going to be off on Thursday. Um, cause it's a little holiday called, uh, Yankees bid on Yamamoto day. Also Thanksgiving. Um, and so we'll be back on Monday to recap the week of action. I've, I've heard that the pre-winter meetings going to be kind of hot going to be kind of action packed. So hopefully we actually get stuff to talk about before, uh, next show. Uh, stay tuned. Baseball insiders goes live at three 30 today to give everybody updates on what could be happening next. Mm-hmm. Uh, but please join us again on the Xgar YouTube channel next Monday. Smash that subscribe button, like the video, subscribe to our podcast feed, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, everywhere podcasts are sold for free. You can get our podcast for $0. And uh, every little subscription, every little word of mouth, it all helps. Uh, so thank you, Ken. Thank, thank you, guys. Tom. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us in the comment section today. Listen, uh, to the pod. If you didn't watch, watch the pod. If you missed it and we'll catch you right back here next month. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.